Hey there, welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. I'm excited that you're here because we have another success story episode for you today. This time I am talking to Tammy Shu, who was a teacher, found the virtual assistant world, and later niched down into podcast management. And you get to hear that entire story of how she was able to niche down and find her clients and what she's doing now, what her day-to-day life looks like, all of those fun details that we love to hear on these episodes. So without further ado, let's go talk to Tammy. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to The Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Tammy, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yes, I say this like in every success story because it's true, but these success story episodes are everyone's favorites. I get the most feedback on these episodes, so I'm always excited to go into them. And I'm I'm interested in hearing your story. So we're going to dive into that in this episode and just talk about how you found podcast management. Awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. So to start, can you explain to us how you found the online business world, how you got started working online? Sure. So I was a teacher and I had my son in March of 2020, right before the pandemic hit. So when I went back to school in the fall, I realized that I did not enjoy being away from him. I was seeing him for like an hour and a half a day, Mm. which just broke my heart. And when I got pregnant with my second, I realized that I really needed to find a way to stay home um, while still bringing the income. And so all my online searching, I found Michaela Quinn's Overwhelmed Overbook program. So I went through that at the end of December of 2021 and got started freelancing. And I land my landed my first VA client in January. I loved her as a client and realized very quickly that I did not like admin work. I did not like VA work. Um, I loved working at home, but knew I needed to niche down. And I can't quite remember how I found podcast management, but I was listening to podcasts all the time. Mm-hmm. And I guess it never really dawned on me that, oh, somebody's got to be helping these podcasters make this work for them. But I actually listened to a success story episode of your podcast. And that's when I was like, okay, yep, I'm I'm ready to invest and and niche down to podcast management. And that was at the end of February. And I haven't looked back since and I've been loving it. Awesome. Yeah. And we're recording this in October. So you've been building this for, you know, I'm sure it kind of feels like a long time now. Mm -hmm. I feel like especially those first six months, it's like, by the time you go from, you know, you just started to six months, it's like, holy cow, it feels like it's been years. Yes. Yes, definitely. (laughs) It's went fast, but also like, it feels like I've been doing this for much longer than I have. Yeah. Yeah. So then I would love to know, what did you, you said like you you liked working online, you didn't love like the VA stuff. Mm-hmm. Comparing virtual assisting and podcast management, what do you like more about the actual tasks or whatever for podcast management versus being a VA? Yeah. So I really like that it is, I don't want to say routine, but 
you know what's expected every week. You're going to edit, you're going to write show notes, you're going to do social media, audiograms. So they're repeatable tasks. I like knowing what to expect each week. Whereas with the VA, um, it was kind of all over the place, one-off tasks, and it was kind of hard to plan. Mm -hmm. I also like that I am learning as I'm working. Like I get to listen to my clients' podcasts and learn about things that maybe I wouldn't have listened to otherwise, which is really fun too, because I, I'm a teacher. I love learning no matter what the topic is. So yeah, those are really the two main reasons that I was drawn to podcast management. Yeah. Now you just reminded me, do you have a specific ideal client that you're working with? Um, right now, I am working with a wide array of clients trying to find what really fits well with me. I know I love working with educators with the education background. Um, I've also found that I really enjoy working with like personal development people, like coaches in different ways, finance, uh, just trying to get better personally. Not quite sure how you would word that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Now you see, yeah, you said you, you don't really know how you uh, found a podcast management, but I, I love that you said like, you don't even think about the fact that there's someone behind the podcast. And I think we can, like a lot of people listening can relate to that. Cause it's like, you go from thinking, oh, it doesn't even occur to you that there's someone behind the scenes. And then you're like, oh, of course there's this whole machine happening. <laughs> yeah, Just like yeah. there is with so many things. Exactly. Yeah. I guess, I mean, it really makes sense. But when you're listening to podcasts, if you've never even heard of a podcast manager like me, once I found it, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Makes sense. Am I qualified for it? And that was another thing that kind of made me second guess myself. But at the same time, I was like, you know what, there's other people out there doing it. And I am confident in myself that I can learn it. And like I said, your course is thorough and amazing. And it sets you up for success right away. Well, thank you so much. I yeah, no, that's that's so good to hear like that you just you had this like internal confidence of like, okay, I don't know. I'm a t I'm a teacher. You know, that's my, you know, that was what you knew. And yet you knew like, okay, if I take some time, I can learn this, I can excel at this. Other people are doing this. Why not me? Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Did you have any other hesitations on niching down into podcast management or even just niching down in general? Um, I did because I thought it would limit the clients that I could attract. It's like, oh, as a VA, I can work with anybody. I can say I can do any skill. I can do any task. Um, is it going to limit me on finding clients? And what I actually found was after I niched down, I could really focus on who I wanted to serve and ended up finding more clients. Like I said, I had one VA client from January to May. And then in May alone, I signed three podcast management clients. So it wow. was, yes, I had huge doubts about finding clients, but ended up really helping grow my business in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I hear that that is just like on repeat that like people niche down, they really, that's whenever they really can find clients the easiest, which is so counterintuitive. But then when we think about, you know, even if someone were to say, like, oh, I know Tammy's it freelances now, but she's a VA. She can do anything. Then it kind mm -hmm. of attracts no one because it's like, yeah. oh, well, what could she help me with? Well, everything. And it's like, yeah. well, but uh, versus, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's her like, specialty. Like, yeah, it's she? not like clear enough. <laughs> yep. Versus like if you when you have this niche, it's easy for people to kind of pass your name around. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and one of my clients actually came from my VA client, which was, mm. which was awesome. Cause I was really nervous to let her go. And she's like, actually, I have somebody for you. <laughs> and yeah, so, so that was great too. So you kind of traded her out for someone that she knew. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fun. That's fun. And earlier you said that, you know, you like podcast management because of just like the consistency in the mm-hmm. tasks. I think that's one thing that I like about niching down is that then you can get good at a set of tasks versus yes. being good at creating a, la- a landing page and also social media posts and like all the other things you might be doing as a VA, you can get good at these specific things. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I'm doing the same things over and over again, practicing, really um, perfecting my, my editing, my mixing. Um, and I've, I've found that I become more efficient and I've um, better with every week every Mm -hmm. podcast episode that I work on so yes yes and in the beginning it can be like wow how am I going to get good at editing specifically is you know what I hear a lot did you feel that way that it was like a big old thing to learn yes I was taking like over four hours on a 25 minute episode and I was like what did I do what (laughs) what did I sign up for I don't have this time to to be spending four and a half hours on less than a half an hour episode. Like I said, I just kept doing it, kept working through it and can say it definitely cut down that time and I'm much more efficient at it. <laughs> yeah. How long did it take you, do you think, to just feel happy with where you were at proficiency wise with editing? Um, I would say probably about two months of having like a couple clients mm-hmm. because I was figuring out, you know, the program and really figuring out my, my routine and my rhythm with it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I figured out how to use the keystroke shortcuts and um, what, how I really like to make like breath sounds and Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. About two months is where I really found like my rhythm, I would say. Yeah. It is such an art that like you do have to find your own style. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get taught it and then you're like, okay, I I understand it. Now I have to go out there and make it my own, basically. Yep. And I mean, every client is different. So now that I've been with my clients for a while, I really know like, oh, this works best for them. Whereas this works for this client, this one works best. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how did you find your first podcast management client? So... My first client had posted in a Facebook group that she was looking for a VA. And I was like, I just really need some more income here. I'll reach out to her, see what she's looking for. Maybe it's something I can pick up a few hours while I'm still building my podcast management business. Mm -hmm. And it turned out she needed a podcast manager. She was looking to launch her show and wanted monthly management. And I was like, whoa, this is perfect. (laughs) So um, we hopped on a call and she signed up and we launched at the beginning of June. And yeah, I've been working with her since and she's so much fun. Wow. That's amazing. The the way that that just kind of worked out. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So so you said that that first client was a launch client? Yep. So how did that feel? Because I think, you know, it can be really exciting and intimidating to do a launch for the first time and sometimes the second. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yep. Uh, So how did you feel maybe in the beginning and then at the end? How did how did that go? Um, so I was super excited and overwhelmed and intimidated. And again, kind of like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> um, but luckily, I asked lots of questions in the Facebook group and had so much support 
wasn't perfect. It was messy, but I always say, you know, do it messy, do it scared, just get that first one under your belt. Mm -hmm. It ended up going better than I thought, but it was still, it was a lot of work and a lot of time and I learned a lot from it. Um, But yeah, it was, it was exciting and intimidating all at once. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You are speaking my words because (laughs) I totally agree with that, especially with that first launch. Like it's just not going to be perfectly smooth. Almost no launch is even when you feel really confident, you know, you've done a couple Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, I've got this. You can almost foresee the problems that are going to happen, but there's, there's a bump in the road most of the time. But then also, like you said, you just learn so much. And by the end of that first launch, you're usually like, oh, this is why I need to charge more. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yes. I, yeah. I know more and I know that it's it's hard work. So then you yep. you ha- you prove to yourself that your launch price is worth a high ticket amount. Yes. I, I don't remember what I charged for that first launch, but I definitely know I went in and updated that price <laughs> about halfway through. So <laughs> yes. So uh I would love to know, and I know those that are listening would love to know as well, like what does your daily schedule look like? All right. So it's a little crazy. I have a two and a half year old and a one year old. And up until about halfway through September, I had no childcare. So <laughs> I now have childcare for about seven hours a week, one day a week. So most of the time in the morning, um, my kids don't take morning naps. So up until nap time, it's hanging out with the kids, <laughs> taking care of the kids, surviving. And then during nap time is when I work on my clients work, depending what that week looks like. I have a couple clients that are biweekly and Mm. um, some that are full management, some that are, you know, just podcast support tasks. So get some client work done during their nap times. And then again, they wake up and it's do it all over again until they go to bed. So most days it's nap time and and bedtime is when I, I work on client work. And Luckily, that one day of childcare has really, really helped cut down the number of of late nights I've had. So that's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you said you have one day and it's seven hours. Yeah. That's nice. That, I'm sure care. that's yeah. That's nice to like go all in on on your, you know, mentally be yes. able to focus on things. Yeah. Yeah. And just get out as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Really prioritizing. All right. What can I do to make the most of this time? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. 
just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. Now, how are you, like time management wise, how are you managing different clients? Are you kind of just doing whatever needs to be done in the moment? Are you like focusing on one client each day? How are you managing that part of it? Yeah. So I, for most of my clients, I will sit down and do all of their management tasks for the week in one day when possible. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, I do have a couple clients that are just support tasks. um, And those I kind of plug in where I have time throughout the week. Um, So full management, I do one client at a time. Mm -hmm. And that really helps me to focus in on, on what their episode is about and each of their voices. Because again, every client is different. So really getting into their voice and and what they're trying to convey. Yeah. Especially when it comes to writing, like being mm-hmm. in their mindset and and being able to speak like they speak. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so then how much, how how many hours do you think that you're working a week? I wish I could say I <laughs> have been meaning to like track my time and mm-hmm. I am just awful at it. Um, it is hard to do. And I've, yes. I've said this on the podcast before. I will, I always try to do it once a year. I have not done it. <laughs> I've not done it in a year at least. I'm like, yeah. I need to do it again. But it's, it is tough because you, you just sit down and work and then you walk away and you're like, nope, did not log that. Yep. Yep. And like I said, I work when the kids are sleeping. So I'll be working. And then, you know, if one of them wakes up or cries or something, I'll go up there, take care of them and then get back to work. So I wish I could answer it, but I really don't know. Um, I would, I would guess between 15 and 20, maybe. Okay. Yeah. That gives us a good idea. I could be way off on that, but that's what it feels like. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's good to know. Now, uh, I would love to know what, so yeah, we talked about how like you, you really started this in February. Sounds like you got a lot of your clients in May. Now it's October. What, what do you see for yourself? What are you working towards perhaps in the next six months? Yeah. So actually my fourth quarter goal. So now until the end of the year, this is beginning of October. I am really looking to scale and take on a few more full management clients. I love all my clients. just want to say that. But then I can really hone in on the ones that I connect with their message on. Mm -hmm. So my goal is to, like I said, grab, get three more um, full management clients. And then um, within six months, I would love to take on a subcontractor or two and grow from there. That has kind of been my goal all along um, is within about a year to a year and a half of starting my business. I wanted to grow to, I don't want, I'm not looking for a huge agency, but I would like, I like working with the team. So I think that would be really fun. Yeah. Love that. What tasks are you like looking forward to outsourcing the most? Probably editing. I love editing, but it is time consuming. And right mm-hmm. now with the, the kids being young, I think that that would help tremendously. Mm-hmm. With more clients. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think I'd give up all of editing because like I said, I love editing. But as I grow, I think that it would probably be necessary to, to outsource some of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. I love yeah. that. 
And yeah, I, I hear most often that it's like editing or writing show notes. It depends. Like people either they like editing or they like writing. And I mean, obviously, we're podcast managers, so we're doing both. Yep. <laughs> we enjoy both. But it's like, okay, which one is more tedious for kind of depends on who you are. Yeah. And I, I enjoy writing show notes. I guess that might be some of the teacher side of me, the writing. But yeah, I enjoy show notes. I enjoy editing. Editing will probably be the first to go, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's It's definitely, you know, time consuming, which is really one of the big reasons that podcast management is it's <laughs> is a thing yep. because our clients don't want to do it either <laughs> no take the time to learn and then take the time to actually do it and each week it that's a lot of time for them yeah totally yeah. yes now you are in this obviously this great period of growth but thinking about someone maybe that's just starting and is like you know hearing all of these like whispers of inflation and you know economic turmoil or, or what you could uh, label it as what would you say to them about getting started or continuing to look for clients? Do you have any do you have any words of wisdom or inspiration for them? Yeah, so I have still been seeing a lot of people looking for support in their businesses. We know that this is not going to last forever and clients are still looking for support. They're looking to still grow their businesses and they know that they need to invest in support during that time. Um so I'm still seeing people asking for, you know, recommendations for podcast managers and looking to hire. Um, and I've seen quite a few that want to get started at the beginning of 2023. So people are still definitely looking for podcast managers, still looking to outsource work. They know that in order to grow, they they need to free up some of their time. So even though it's scary, it's I still think that it's a great time to get into this. There's still people starting podcasts that are going to need support. Um, or if they try to start on their own, they're still going to realize that it's a lot more work than they anticipated. Um, and they're going to look outsourced. So that's just my view on it and what I've been seeing lately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would also say if someone that's listening, if they're like, yes, I've been wondering about this, I've been seeing this everywhere. I would encourage you maybe to like, you know, how it's like you you see what you're looking for, mm -hmm. you know, as soon as you're you so you're you buy a red car, you see red cars, like, yes. maybe, maybe try to maybe unfollow someone or mm -hmm. look elsewhere. Because, you know, I'm I'm not looking necessarily for signs of inflation. And I'm seeing economic prosperity everywhere. Yeah. Yep. So you know, if you are feeling like you're kind of like, you're questioning things, and you're like, what's the future look like? Well, we can always <laughs> We can always yep. worry about that for a million different exactly. reasons, but maybe you know maybe look elsewhere for for some other facts because I don't we don't need to ba put our bury our head in the sand or anything. No. Yeah, but if you really feel bogged down by this, maybe you need to take a step back from you know some some people that are just maybe talking about it too much or something. Yeah, absolutely. And on on that note about um, seeing what you're looking for, what I have found is when I am actively looking for new clients. That's what I see. Whereas mm -hmm. when, you know, I'm not taking the time, I'm not going to lie. I get discouraged sometimes, but that's because when you get down, it's all about mindset and mentality. And when, when you start getting down, you're, you're going to see what your mind is telling you. Whereas mm -hmm. like you said, if, if you're like, yeah, there's clients out there, that's what you're going to see. If you're seeing, saying, you know, there's great opportunity right now, you're going to see opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that's just what I've noticed in the past six months of my business. Mm -hmm. 
Now, whenever you have those moments of, of feeling down, is there a certain thing that you do or that you've learned to do as a freelancer to to kind of flip your mindset back? Yeah. So I jump into the Facebook group is one of the main things because I love seeing other people's successes. And right now, a lot of my time is focused on my client work instead of my business. So when I start getting down, I really try to set aside an hour to a week to focus on my business. And remember, you know, these are my goals. I am here to serve my clients, but also I'm here to reach my goals and really just setting aside that time to focus on my business, my goals, Mm -hmm. um, and what I want in the outcome has really given me time to think positively and fix my mindset. Yeah. It's like if you are really like in the weeds of client work for a while, you can forget like what is like the purpose of this and also like remind yourself like, oh, wait, I have built this business. Like just doing some reflecting in general, you know, like I, you know, just had a baby. I like try to say, am I on maternity leave still? I don't know (laughs) because I work for myself. But But I was thinking, you know, when I had my baby recently at the end of July, I was thinking like, wait, you know, oh, like if I had a, if I had a real full-time job, (laughs) I'd be going back to work in two or three months. And it's like so hard for me to even conceptualize because I have not had a job like that in six years. Yeah. But so I have to remind myself like how truly grateful I am for what I've built. And so just the same kind of thing is like, you can lose sight of that just in your day to day. But if you take that step out, you can take some time to, to reflect on it and it really can motivate you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you would have told me a year ago that this is where I'd be and what I'd be doing, I would have never believed you. So um, <laughs> yeah, it uh, it's so beneficial to look back at how far you've come, um, whether you have one client or 10 clients. Um, I mean, you built that. That's That's really awesome. Yeah. That's making me think of you were a teacher, which Every single one of us understands what that means. <laughs> what do you say or how do you approach people that are asking you, what do you do now? Um, I tell them, well, I was a teacher and I started a business at home and now I'm a podcast manager and I usually get looks like, what are you, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> um, and I either choose to go into it or I say, well, you know what a podcast is? Well, I manage that because some people listen and some people just be like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, that's all I needed to know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I love asking that question because I think it kind of it, it like bonds us all because we all mm-hmm. have, you know, real lives where people yeah. are people are like, wait, what? What yeah. is this? And you're like, yep, you either you either love talking about it or you just kind of tell them what they need to know and and move on. Yeah, my dad still tries when uh, his friends ask him what I'm doing. They just, I don't know what he tells them, but it's not even close to what I'm actually doing. And I'm like, that's okay. Like, you tell them whatever you want. That's fine. exactly. It does not matter. It does not matter what they what they take away from that conversation right. if it's accurate or not. Yeah. Yes, I have not asked my family in a while about like maybe what they like tell me what I do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what they would say. It would probably be confusing. I first had to explain to my parents what a podcast was. So I don't expect them to <laughs> quite right. understand it. Right. But. Yeah. You you can just start with podcast and yep. then end with podcast. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> start Pretty and end much. there. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, Tammy, this has been so good. Love hearing about what you're 
planning and setting goals for the future of of an agency. And I'm so excited to see where you are even like in February when you've been doing this for a year. That'll be fun. Yeah. So where can our listeners find you and maybe follow you um, after the episode? Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at Tammy Chu underscore podcast manager. And you can find me on my website at TammyShoeMedia.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. It was great being on. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.